0: She's, ma- she's She feels like she's from a 70s Bond movie.
1: Yeah, it feels like sort of like a porn parody of Boris and Natasha yeah. from...
0: Oh, oh, my God, yeah. Uh,
1: Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> oh, like, my God. She's just such a clown. She's a yeah, sex clown. Yeah, she is.
0: She's a sex... Oh, no, that's not a phrase that I needed in my brain. Sex clown. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, See? I regret that. See, it's it's really upsetting. Hello, Mission Recall listeners. I'm Oriana Schwint and I'm Steve Parkhurst. And we are coming at you today with a serious Cold War hangover. And a license to kill.
1: Bam! Bam! Bam!
0: Bam! Bam! Bam!
1: bam. Wow!
0: (laughs) That was. It could have been a lot worse. (laughs) Yeah, and it will, will and it will, it will get worse. But we're talking GoldenEye, which was Pierce Brosnan's first outing as Bond. Hooray! Congrats, Pierce! Big ups to Pierce Brosnan. Doing a great job. uh, Who is a great guy? I hear. I hear. I mean, I hope so. I don't know. He
1: he seems nice. He's aged well. Looks great.
0: Looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's a wife guy, I think.
1: I'm I've sure. heard he's
0: a wife guy. Uh, are you a Bond guy? Mm-mm, no. Oh, you have no. no. You have no like special attachment to this franchise. No, not even
1: like a little bit. No. Uh, I've liked some of them. I haven't liked others. Real mixed bag. It's fine as yeah, a franchise.
0: That's kind of like. I feel like Goldeneye has a special place in a lot of hearts that are our age because yeah. of the n64 game
1: i do want to talk about that at length
0: at, <laughs> strap in yeah i guess yeah. not not right now necessarily or or i, I know, guess if, if you want
1: well no i i think uh, we'll just kind of ease into it but like my uh my memory of golden eye is it turns out mostly the game <laughs> like watching this again I had little moments of like oh shit this and then remembered like no no that's from the game that's
0: the video game
1: uh and like that's not to say I don't remember anything from this movie cuz I watched it a few times mm-hmm. uh, as a kid and a, as a teen and I liked it but it never really like it was not something I sought out I don't think we owned it on on VHS oh wow I I think uh, it was just like yeah
0: it's fine it is. It is. It is a very fine movie. It's interesting because it's. I don't have much experience with pre-Brosnan Bond, actually, but it seems to be walking a pretty fine line between like it's trying to bridge the the silliness of of the earlier installments with like a more grounded, sometimes more serious tone, but not at the same time?
1: Yeah, they were trying to figure it out. Like, this was definitely l- like a, a hybrid of your later Daniel Craig and then your earlier Dalton. Dal-
0: yeah, Dalton and and Connery, your, and, your Connery and, and your Roger Moores. Yeah,
1: and it is worth remembering that those are very silly movies with things like, you know, well, they go to the moon. There's one mm-hmm. called Moonraker. There's one called Octopussy. Yeah, that... Like, <laughs> They are incredibly silly movies. You know, they really hit popularity in the '60s, which is the silliest time it of truly, studio filmmaking.
0: You, studio filmmaking, TV. Bat, that's the silly Batman. Yeah. And I'm not like that trying to cast aspersions on on Adam West Batman. Like, you know, there's a time and a place for lots of yeah. things.
1: I don't want it to sound like I'm somebody who loves dark and gritty because I don't. I no. like some silliness, but there's. The style of '60s silliness I have never liked. Mm -mm. There's something just sort of wacky and goofy, and like you can just hear the silly sound effects and like the oh brother, zany. zany. That's (laughs) what it is. And a lot of James Bond stuff is zany. Yeah, Uh, and it it's pretty grating for Mm -hmm. me. I've never liked it. And so for the uh, Pierce Brosnan movies, I think they are a step in the right direction of, like, at least reining it in a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's still pretty goofy, though.
0: It's pretty goofy, but the, the contrast is kind of fascinating to me. It's not like I didn't enjoy watching this movie. I hadn't seen this yeah, you've never seen this. i'm pretty i'm pretty sure not i did not actually i don't think so because huh. i feel like these weren't i didn't see these much on cable maybe maybe i had missed the boat by the time i got cable when i it's not like i had cable in the dorms or anything you know i also like did things in college <laughs> i wasn't just sitting around oh, watching yeah. tv too often things. mm-hmm <laughs> But it feels as though they're very intentionally trying to grapple with this sort of Cold War hangover, yeah. you know, the very serious threat of a, uh, a Soviet Union that has crumbled and left all these remnants around, you know, missing nukes and, and shit like that, uh, you know, lacks security and kind of chaos and and trying to shove you know sort of wisecracking innuendo giving James Bond into a slightly more serious spy story with like slightly higher stakes although the stakes in this one mm, they don't do a great job of of setting those stakes
1: It's an interesting movie because it was well-received at the time Mm -hmm. uh, and grossed a lot of money. It was like the highest grossing James Bond movie of the time, or up to that point. But it's interesting to think that, like, so the Mission Impossible reboot was just one year later, and that feels like a movie that understood the kind of new way of making films in a way that GoldenEye still feels a little stuck in the past.
0: A little bit. Although I guess there is that fun twist of guy who dies like in the beginning, quote unquote, shows up and is the villain. Like that's, I guess technically this this did that before Mission Impossible.
1: Well, yes, that is true. I just mean in the literal style of oh, filmmaking.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes.
1: Like <laughs> Mission Impossible's filmmaking holds up really well. Like mm-hmm. we just watched it recently. Yeah, go
0: go listen to the Mission Impossible episode.
1: Yeah, like that movie's really solid. There's not a lot of really goofy kind of dated moments where you're just yeah. like, ooh, brother. It's
0: not it's not a slog by no. any means. It's not overly serious, but it isn't filled with these kind of out of place One-liners that you're like, uh, okay, this is a little,
1: uh... One-liners and action set pieces, and just, like, the way, you know, Sean Bean just keeps putting James into these predicaments for him to slip out of, rather than just shooting the guy in the head. It
0: feels very Austin Powers.
1: (laughs) Well, and Austin Powers would come out in 97, and, yeah, pretty much... specifically
0: in in response. In
1: response to this and the other uh, James Bonds, and, yeah nails it really of like, this is, this is a very silly genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mission Impossible did a good job of kind of pulling it out of that silliness. And then, you know, 9-11 did the rest of the work.
0: Oh God. And then, then things kind of became a slog. Although Casino Royale, which was directed by Martin Martin Campbell, Campbell, who also directed GoldenEye. It is very weird that those are two different, Like, that's the same director. It was such a shock to realize that, to see that on his IMDb.
1: He's a fascinating director because he's done some genuinely good stuff, like The Mask of Zorro. Um, Goldeneye is good. Uh, Casino Royale is arguably the best Daniel Craig Bond. I'm going to say yes. Um, But Then he's also done stuff uh, like Vertical Limit, which I do have a soft spot for, but I'm not going to go out and say it's a good movie. Um, And he's done a lot of TV He did a Mask of Zorro sequel that I'd completely forgotten about, The Legend of Zorro. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. But yeah, kind of a a director for hire who does some good stuff and does some other like,
0: yeah, it's okay. (laughs) It's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. This is, it is interesting. Like, I have never been a Bond devotee. I've never really cared. I really liked Casino Royale and then, like, didn't see any more of those Bond movies until we watched Skyfall, which was half of a good movie. Yeah. Or rather, like, half of the movie looks amazing, and then it becomes Home Alone, but James Bond.
1: That honestly blew my mind when you said <laughs> that while we were watching it, because that is one hundred percent what it is.
0: And like, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. I I like once I realized, oh, it's Home Alone. I, I like I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, Skyfall is interesting because I think I had only seen it once. I enjoyed it, uh, and then watching it again is like this movie looks amazing. It's you know Roger shot, Deakins, by, baby. shot by shot by Deacons and. You know, if you get Deacons to shoot your movie, it's going to give it a real patina of gloss Mm -hmm. because, like, it's going to look amazing. It
0: it covers a multitude of sins. Yeah,
1: and, like, it's funny to kind of look at Goldeneye and be like, ha-ha, that's goofy. Ha-ha, that's so ridiculous. Oh, that would never really happen. But, like, they're doing the same shit now. It's true. There's so much stuff in these new James Bond movies where just making it gritty and dark doesn't remove the fact that it's... Deeply silly,
0: very silly. Uh, they're just—they're trying to—they're trying more obviously to trick you in yeah. the new ones.
1: Yeah, I feel like I don't dislike Christopher Nolan. I, I've liked a lot of his movies.
0: Inception is really good. Inception's Dunkirk great. is good.
1: Uh, weirdly, I like parts of Interstellar, even though I will gladly admit it doesn't hold up as a full movie.
0: I think my favorite Chris Nolan movie is The Prestige, actually. The
1: Prestige is great. It's so good. <laughs> it's great. Memento's fun. Uh, but he also ushered in this era of everybody doing things so seriously. Mm-hmm. But if you actually look at Christopher Nolan's big budget, like, action blockbusters, with the exception of Inception, say that five times fast, <laughs> it's... His movies are deeply silly. Like, they don't actually make any
0: sense. Uh, Tenet is the silliest fucking movie that has yeah. ever been made. I
1: will not abide anyone trying to explain Tenet to me. Like, that movie is nonsense. And straight,
0: straight nonsense. It's
1: just hitting reverse on the VCR.
0: But that would make more sense.
1: Yeah. It's not a good movie. Everyone just took the wrong lesson, and like, oh, we got to make all the superhero movies. Bond needs trauma. Bond needs trauma, and he he needs to be like this, just dark, wounded animal of a man, which
0: wasn't really the case in Casino Royale, and I think that's why it's good. It found like I would prefer the 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 kind of out of place silliness of the Pierce Brosnan Golden Eye Bond to the grim, dark, just like, ugh, can, can, can someone crack a smile or make a quip? I, like, wanted a quip. Yeah. Jesus.
1: Yeah, especially, like, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall are both so just, everyone's just glowering the whole time. It's like, yeah, I'd be sad if i was dating eva green and she died that'd be a bummer it would be sad but goddamn it daniel craig get your shit together like it's been three movies now and (laughs) apparently that keeps going um i did see specter and i remember nothing at all about it wait shit i saw the new one on a plane oh wow so that tells you a lot right boy oh boy uh it was fine
0: (laughs) whereas like GoldenEye does have some pretty memorable set pieces, despite being pretty janky in some places. Like, this is the first Bond movie to use CGI, because 1995, like, the last movie was in was Timothy Dalton and uh, License to Kill in 89. Which is crazy that it was that
1: uh, soon. Like, I yeah. thought a bigger chunk of time had passed between the two.
0: I've... Kind of forgot about Timothy Dalton as Bond, honestly.
1: I thought the last one before Pierce Brosnan was like 83, maybe 84. There were
0: like four movies. There were
1: five. There were five <laughs> yeah. movies in the 80s.
0: That's so many movies.
1: Uh, and yeah, they were just cranking them out. and Every two years. Really didn't waste that much time to get Pierce Brosnan in no,
0: there. No, especially given... So there was supposed to be another Timothy Dalton Bond movie in 1990, And that fell apart because MGM went bankrupt. and Or no, it got sold and then went bankrupt. Sorry.
1: MGM is fascinating. So uh, we watched this on Amazon Prime because Amazon is now the new owner of MGM. And it seems like just such a poorly managed studio where... They, for their entire history, have been on the verge of bankruptcy or actively bankrupt, being sold, being bought, just f- constantly falling apart, despite their movies making a lot of money, you know, being successful. And it's like, is that all just going to blow? Like, are you all just doing coke Yeah, in their is offices? there insane
0: embezzling happening? What,
1: <laughs> what is going on with Your MGM? Your movies
0: make so much money. They yeah. even, you know, have a piece, have a weird piece of uh, The Hobbit.
1: That's because, right, yeah. because of
0: United Artists.
1: Yeah, so there's all this weird stuff with them, and now currently they're owned by Amazon. Who knows where they'll be in five years? Uh, hopefully, not with Amazon. But they're a, a fascinating. Like everyone's just tripping over their own dicks down at MGM Studios. <laughs> it's it's an interesting company. But anyway, now all the Double Sevens are on Amazon. If you want to watch them there,
0: it's it's you know worth worth taking a little trip down memory lane, like. It is interesting because it's it's not like I was bored during this movie. It didn't make the impression that I thought it was going to. Again, my memories of this movie and the sort of soft spot for it mostly come from the N64 game, yeah. which I didn't even have. It was like friends had it. I never had it. Yeah. we had We had a Nintendo 64 for a day, and so Santa Claus came to my house and gave my brother a nintendo 64 and so we set it up and we were playing mario kart it didn't come with gold it wasn't the Goldeneye one this was the mario kart one and we were playing mario kart and i threw a blue shell and knocked my brother out of first place and he lost and he was He was, like, five at the time. Like, he was really young, but he threw a fucking fit and, like, (laughs) threw the controller at me and uh, acted up so badly that Santa Claus took the N64 back. And that was that.
1: Real cell phone on your brother's part. Come on, man. I mean, I would have been devastated and may never have recovered if my parents had bought me an N64 and then returned it the next day. I, I... don't think I would have survived. No, because like that was the thing to have. Oh my god! For a few years there, and like all my friends had N sixty fours, and of course I wanted one. But mostly I didn't actually miss it that much because I would just go over to their houses. Exactly. And one house was like a Mario Kart house. One was a Golden <laughs> house, and one was an NFL Blitz. Oh, sure. Uh, like. Zelda, I played a couple of times, but never really got into. Yeah,
0: that was that was like a Game Boy game for me.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean N sixty four was the thing. And Goldeneye was the game. was the game. Uh, and what's funny is, so I bought an N64 right at the start of the pandemic, and I wish I'd held on to it. I
0: don't know I why, know. But... That was fun. Uh,
1: I Well, I think the main reason I didn't is because you can only get third-party controllers now, and they and break. they all break. They all break immediately.
0: Yeah, we had some tough, tough times Yeah, that, to... that
1: was a bummer. What I wouldn't have given for just a regular, good, old-fashioned, real N64 controller. But anyway, I was playing... And one thing I'd never really done as a kid was actually, like, play the missions. Oh, yeah. It was always just multiplayer.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. So
1: my entire experience was playing against other people, and that was what I knew. (sighs) Yeah. You and I tried once, and it was not...
0: I mean, I'm bad at video games in general. Oh, yeah, there was, like... We was it you and I playing, or yeah. me against your roommate, or something? Oh,
1: I, maybe the three of us played.
0: Yeah, and I just couldn't figure my shit out. Not at I all. like could not navigate. It was a disaster. It was so bad. It was
1: hard to watch. <laughs> we we wasted your ass
0: a lot, a whole. Well, like I couldn't even get out. You I could like, like, stuck like, in move. a corner. Yeah, you would just like, move
1: to a corner and just stand there.
0: Look, my hand-eye coordination is is not great. Okay.
1: So anyway, that was our experience with 007 and um, 64. But yeah, as a kid, fucking loved it. Even though I was never the best because all the kids who actually owned the console. Yeah, they
0: were always playing it. They
1: were always playing it and could kick my ass. Of course. But I still had a great time somehow. I still had a blast. Yeah. There were grenade launchers. Uh, it was
0: Halo before Halo. Basically. I yeah. remember I remember playing a lot of Halo in college. That was weird
1: oh yeah i played a couple times but never never a lot
0: i never i didn't like the shooting uh (laughs) i liked when we played with swords you're too soft i'm no like but because i'm bad at aiming at things uh but i can i can like stab a motherfucker
1: so that's why you like breath of the wild yeah yeah
0: yeah makes sense i'm not good with projectiles (laughs) no
1: um so yeah like it's funny watching this movie and being like, oh shit, I remember this scene, and like, no, you don't. You remember this level. <laughs> um, and what's funny is, like, kind of the end of the movie doesn't really feature that prominently in the game, at least in the multiplayer. Most of it is from the beginning, yeah. Uh, which is strange. I yeah. don't know if they ran out of money, or we're going to have a sequel, or what. What? Or they just couldn't was. fit
0: it on the cartridge. That's like. very
1: possible. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is. Interesting thinking about how much of Casino Royale and other Bond movies, uh, like the Daniel Craig ones, are like in sunny places and there's lots of like, you know, they're not as depressing as St. Petersburg shortly after the fall of the Soviet Union, but like so much of this movie is deeply unsexy. Yeah despite bond doing his sex pest thing to everyone it's really
1: (laughs) yeah he starts out just sexually harassing some woman doing his evaluation while running bicyclists off the road in italy he's a menace (laughs) he's kind of a menace him and uh on a top played by famka jansen pre x-men years oh yeah Uh, they're in like this weird race for some reason and they're just like kind of being a menace to everyone else. Yeah. On the road.
0: And then there is like kind of a Casino Royale moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, where
0: they play Baccarat.
1: Yeah. A scene so great. Martin Campbell had to shoot it twice. Right? Yes.
0: Like, is that why they picked him?
1: Maybe. 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 But yeah, like, uh, Famka Jansen is, is funny in this because not only is her accent
0: not great. <gasps> pretty rough we'll talk about that uh
1: but like this weird you know she gets off on killing people or being in danger like she's clearly a masochist and sadist but it's a bit much it's it's
0: it's it's very cartoony way too big of a performance and it is one of the like is is she in the same movie as like she's made she's she feels like she's from a 70s bond movie
1: yeah, it feels like sort of like a porn parody of Boris and Natasha yeah. from...
0: Oh, oh, my God, yeah. Uh,
1: Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, like, my God. She's just such a clown. She's a yeah, sex clown. Yeah, she is.
0: She's a sex... Oh, no, that's not a phrase that I needed in my brain. Sex clown. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> well, wow, I regret that. See?
0: It's it's really upsetting but speaking of the accents boy what a range boy what a what a rich tapestry none of it is russian at all uh no one speaks russian no except for like except occasionally people will yell something in Russian. every once in a while and it's like now not in the scene where it's just russian people at this at this russian base you're just gonna speak english to each other okay that's fine hall of fame bad russian accents uh one guy is German, like like the actor is German, yeah. and he sounds German. Yeah, he's
1: not even really trying. Nope.
0: Uh, poor Ellen Cumming is like really doing his best, and is like a joy on screen. He's such a little fucking weasel. Yeah, uh, and that's great. He's a hacker. He's whoa. That's, that's that's typing. Hacking. I'm hacking. She hacked. Mrs. She got Robot. In the mainframe. So Alan Cumming is is really doing his best, I want to say, but like obviously there was not a dialect coach within a hundred miles of this set because no. it's it's all atrocious. Robbie Coltrane is in this and he's good. He I think he does the best job, maybe probably. Although he's just
1: playing like a Jersey gangster, basically. <laughs> like he's. It
0: looks like he, he should be in The Sopranos. Yeah, honestly.
1: Yeah. yeah, he's otherwise though he's great. Um, I think like sort of the weird little MVP is maybe Joe Don Baker, who is playing in America. He's really fun. He's just like this sort of cow old cowboy CIA agent who you know probably was a nom and is just kind of a goofball he
0: was carrying out henry kissinger's campaign in cambodia <laughs> he
1: probably did some shit in mm-hmm. cambodia but uh yeah i don't know soft spot in my heart for joe don baker uh mainly oh almost entirely because of the movie mitchell which um for all you mst3kers out there it's one of the Better episodes. If you haven't seen it, it's a great episode. I don't know if all the old um, old ones are still on Netflix. Uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, check out check out Mitchell. I guess uh, almost sort of a parody of 007 movies mm. a little bit of just a slovenly weirdo, <laughs> just fumbling through shit. It's very funny.
0: They are these movies are really easy to parody. It's yeah. pretty easy to see why. Did, we haven't, like, run through the plot of this movie. Do we, do we need to? Is, or has, have we reached the point of no return?
1: I feel like we've kind of reached the point of no return. It plays out, like, pretty much every Bond movie. That's true. Um, I do think it's interesting, like you said, where, like, there's clearly an identity crisis here of, like, oh, shit, you know, the Soviet Union is gone. What do we make our spy movies about anymore? Right. And they're like, um, the Soviet Union
0: Right, like we're we're just going to pretend that Russia is basically still the Soviet Union and still has lots of factions that are just
1: just Soviets. Soviets. Like they're going to have the same uniforms, they're going to have the same iconography. Like we'll point to it, like oh, it's an old statue graveyard Mm -hmm. of Lenin, which is like which
0: looks cool, very cool, and you know, not to hand it too much to the Soviets, but their art is great it's it's cool art it looks dope their right. propaganda is very effective <laughs> i Man, hate to say
1: their propaganda just wipes the floor with ours like we got nothing it's on
0: yeah uncle sam who gives a fuck it's some old Boo. creepy
1: pedophile in a weird outfit like right? fuck off with that Mm-mm. you skinny, no, skinny I, santa
0: you know there's all these posters of like Russian and Chinese farmers like yeah. you know that are really built like clasping hands yeah. and you're like oh fuck yeah. Goddamn right. That makes me want to like plow some fields. <laughs>
1: I'll till that field so hard. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's uh I don't know why we never really got our heads around good propaganda in America. All of our propaganda is just shitty boring it's like vulgar and I don't know, buy stupid. a truck. Yeah, oh Jesus. Get a camo Jeep Wrangler. It's like—is this even propaganda or is this just military oh, capitalism?
0: I, I think you, yes, yeah, correct. I
1: guess they're the same, really. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's boring. It's so it's so it's boring. So the closest
0: we came to cool art in that style was the Art Deco period. I yeah, think all which, of the all of the relief work around like Rock Rockefeller Center in New York. That stuff is so cool. There's some
1: beautiful art deco, kind of in that same neighborhood, but over further uh, west, or no, over further east on the island. There's a couple of buildings there mm-hmm. that are really good art deco. Uh, yeah, art deco's great, looks great, mm-hmm. holds up well, you know, Chrysler Building, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but, like, not really used for propaganda or anything, just kind of no. just good, good architecture.
0: Yeah, um, good architecture and cool
1: designs. But... Our um, modern art is kind of shit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't,
0: I don't, I don't know. I don't love it because it doesn't, it, it's not being, I, I don't want propaganda, I guess. Like, I don't want sure. propaganda, but if you're going to try and feed it to me anyway, can it at least look cool?
1: I would rather be fed propaganda than just this, all the consumerism all the time. Which is its own. Right. You could argue that's also propaganda, but it's just like,
0: Yeah.
1: Eh, God, yeah, I'll buy a fucking ugly car that sucks. That's I guess, exciting. Cuz
0: I live in a place that was designed f- for a car. Yeah. We're
1: spiraling here. We're we're really moving we're off, topic. Really
0: off topic here. <laughs> Bond has a car. He's got a BMW that uh, we don't see it shoot the stinger missile.
1: It's interesting. That's actually a good point. Uh so Bond classically always drove an Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, a British car. And he
0: does Drive one in the beginning of this movie. And
1: arguably a better scene than you get with the BMW at any point. Yes. Uh, So BMW paid a shitload of money to be featured Mm -hmm. in uh, GoldenEye. And... The car doesn't really do anything.
0: No, the, the Q lists all of the things that are that the car can do and one of the things is it's it, there are stinger missiles behind the headlights that we never see. And we don't that doesn't pay that's a plant with no payoff. Yeah,
1: it's kind of weird. Did they
0: run out of money? Yeah. Maybe, maybe.
1: I mean maybe, but like yeah, it felt like perfunctory like all right, well BMW paid us, we got to feature the stupid car, but we're not going to actually have it do anything. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, which, you know, that's That's funny. funny. That is kind of funny. Even funnier, like the next movie, I want to say it was in Tomorrow Never Dies, where it's another BMW. So in Goldeneye, it's this little coupe convertible, uh, very sexy, very sleek. Mm. And in Tomorrow Never Dies, it's a sedan. It's a four-door sedan. Oh, no.
0: That does remind me of the BMW... Web series that oh they did God. with Clive Owen, yeah, the driver. We trying
1: to, I don't know if Guy Ritchie directed one of those. I think I
0: think he did, yeah. and a couple other like kind of big names at too. Time, did Soderbergh yeah, do one? Probably. Maybe, probably. Yeah,
1: yeah, they were really going for that. Yeah, that was
0: clearly time. based on bo- like trying to fill the Bond,
1: yeah, yep. a hole. Uh, bond hole. What's funny too is that Tomorrow Never Dies, the the big. Scene with the BMW is a better scene. It has also gadgets doing stuff. Mm -hmm. It's driving around, crashing into stuff. It's more of a proper Bond scene, Mm -hmm. and it's just so strange that they had it be a fucking four door sedan. It's just like, here's your new car, James Bond. It's a Ford Taurus.
0: (laughs) That would be funny. It would be pretty funny. You got to blend in, right? Uh, That is. So we have we've talked a bit about the. Tonal dissonance that that crops up a bit in this movie and the the gap it's kind of trying to bridge it 's trying to be a bit more modern of a bond movie, and that kind of extends to you know M is now a lady it's it 's Dame Judy Dench mm-hmm. and she 's great she's you know of course Judy Dench is good in everything except cats, I think, which isn 't really no, that's her, not fault. her fault <laughs> um
1: no one comes out of cats unscathed. <laughs>
0: But she is, I like her M in this better than her M in the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Yeah, she doesn't have much here. She's really
1: only got one big scene, but yeah. she really makes a meal of it.
0: It's it's really interesting to see the writing with M and with Moneypenny, too. Moneypenny is, like, kind of dressed to kill in her one scene with Bond. And Bond is, like, you know, trying, trying to get... Trying to get her to fuck him, <laughs> and she is like, "Yeah, no, you you, you never will." Like, you're kind of gross. You're man. gross and weird, uh, and like, it actually feels feminist in a way that doesn't feel terribly pandering. No. It's a little pandering, but like, a not not. I, I didn't. It didn't really like raise my hackles as like, oh Jesus Christ, this yeah. is like the best they can do. Yeah. It. This movie is. Like, very aware that Bond is a prick.
1: Yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of sold as an asshole from the beginning. Yeah. And, like, it is sort of refreshing. And it did get me to wondering, though, like, is M the same M? Because it's Judy Dench yeah. in these and then again in the Daniel Craig movies. And, you know, they've made it very clear that this isn't something where, oh, James Bond is just... The, a code name mm-hmm. that this is. There's an actual guy who's actually named James Bond, and
0: we know because he keeps fucking telling everybody, and he everybody travels
1: under his own under name. his own name. It's very weird. And in Skyfall, he goes back to like the Bond Ranch in Scotland. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so he's just a guy. We're not meant to believe that it's a new person who comes in every five years yeah. on average. <laughs> so what do we make of this? Is this, is Judy Dench playing a different M or is she the same M and what are the implications of such a thing?
0: You know, is it, is it, is, is there a bond multiverse? Oh my fucking God. Where these are just different.
1: When Amazon reboots this with Matt Smith in a few years, it'll be like a weird multiverse thing with a Dr. Strange. Dr. Who? Dr. Strange. <laughs>
0: Smart ass.
1: Who's on first, Who's baby? on first,
0: baby? We love a Doctor Who joke, don't we? Yeah,
1: sure. It's fine. It's
0: fine. He was a fine doctor. Yeah. That's fair enough. But, uh, you know, best of luck to him. I'm sure he's fine. I think he's, he's fine. Oh, he's in the, the Targaryen
1: Oh, fuck it, right? Ugh. Yeah. Well, great. In a in a good-looking wig, as I recall from the trailer.
0: They spent a lot of money on those what? wigs, I'm they, sure.
1: They go to the, like, the...
0: Yeah. Where do you go to get
1: wigs? Ricky's, New York City.
0: <laughs> Spirit Halloween.
1: Oh god.
0: We're all going to Spirit Halloween. But yeah. M, right. That's oh, what right. we were um, talking about. Yeah. Just completely losing losing the plot over here. Yeah. It's a little warm in this apartment it's right now cuz we can't warm. have the AC on when we record. I'm dying here. So, you know, the there's a bit of heat stroke happening. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting like we were commenting kind of a lot on the movie itself, mostly pointing out silly things. But trying to sort of get at the essence of this movie, is it feels difficult in a way that is... Co- like, trying to do that coherently feels difficult.
1: Yeah, there's no real ideology here, and I guess there doesn't have to be. It does just seem like some wacky hijinks happening in a series of events. Like, there's nothing yeah. really... There's no connective tissue to this movie Mm -hmm. other than a train sequence, a tank sequence, a plane sequence, like just running through the numbers of doing some some wackiness yeah um, and that's not to say it's all bad like i actually was really impressed with the tank sequence oh yeah they destroyed a lot of cars they were so driving many through cars. shit. like they were really driving a tank around there's no cgi there it looks really cool looks amazing that's probably my favorite moment of the movie is, is that whole sequence oh uh, that and like when q is, is showing him all the gadgets
0: Had fun with that. That was such a fun scene, and it was like, oh, let's we're having fun here, and there's there are some like kind of grown worthy puns happening, which I I like. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) it's
1: of a piece with the scene. Like, yeah,
0: it it feels old school in a way that isn't too zany.
1: Yeah, it's the
0: right amount of kooky.
1: Like the. A uh, guy who goes into the phone booth and the airbag goes <laughs> off inside. <laughs> that of was it, hilarious and
0: unexpected. You
1: see him getting carted off. Like it's 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 fun. It's yeah, just a there's good time. there's
0: stuff happening. There's wacky stuff happening in the background, in particular. Yeah, that adds to the the patter between Bond and Q.
1: You know, that's interesting. One thing I think is missing from a lot of modern, not just Bond movies, but a lot of action movies, is There's no real background happening. Oh. So, for example, in Skyfall, when the new Q, the younger Q, Mm -hmm. uh, Paddington.
0: Yeah, Ben Whishaw.
1: uh, Just plugs his laptop into the ethernet. The
0: dumbest shit.
1: Into MI6's ethernet. Like, everyone's just kind of sitting around. There's nothing fun happening around them. Like, when Q and Bond meet in the beginning of the movie, it's in the... It's just in
0: an art museum, and they hand it off, and it's just like... Okay. Can we have some some Get cool some fun shit with happening? this?
1: And you, in that movie, Q's like, "Well, we don't really do wacky gadgets anymore." It's like, fucking, why not?
0: Why not? Yeah, that was that was a, a, an irritating
1: little moment there. Yeah, just like, but we like the wacky little gadgets. That's why you guys have been able to make these stupid movies for sixty years. Yeah, it's because you come up with silly little gadgets that so we're all like, "Ha that's fun." No,
0: how I impractical, like, I, you know.
1: All he gets is a fucking gun. Like, uh, yeah, man. We you
0: know, I, I want. I don't need James Bond movies to be the sharper image catalog from 1999, but I kind of
1: do. <laughs> yeah, actually, that sounds pretty cool. It sounds dope. It's just yeah. like Q just hands him a sharper image <laughs> that he got off of a fucking <laughs> airplane. airplane in 1999, <laughs> just like the last Pan Am. Oh. I actually don't know when the last Pan Am Yeah. Came, you get my drift.
0: Yeah, it's. Yeah, like, I think you're right about the lack of interesting background yeah. stuff happening. There's no texture. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what the background stuff provides is texture. And like, yeah, it's a bit out of place in GoldenEye, but you like it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: just so likable and engrossing and because mm-hmm. you feel like you're in a world that is inhabited by people that are not just the people speaking. Not just the protagonist. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think we talked about this on a recent episode, but like P.T. Anderson movies and Coen Brothers movies, any of the smaller characters who show up for one scene or even just one Mm -hmm. line, you can imagine an entire movie about that person. Yeah, If you followed them from that point on, Mm -hmm. you'd have an interesting movie play out. And a lot of action movies now are just like big studio movies. There's no sense of like the people around our stars Are also deserving of their own movies. Mm -hmm. They're just sort of like, just
0: background. You could just
1: have mannequins, you could just have CG Mm -hmm. characters walking around, and it wouldn't really make a difference.
0: And I guess in some cases now, that's what actually is is happening. But you can still have fun with that kind of thing. I don't know. You could. You could if you wanted to, I guess.
1: But yeah, I don't know. I'd never really thought about that. But I feel like that is sort of a problem with a lot of movies now. It's just like it's all up in front. Mm-hmm. It's all foreground, no background.
0: Oh, yeah. Which is a bummer because yep. like, it was so enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, little moments like
1: that. Like, GoldenEye isn't an amazing movie.
0: But it is watchable. Like, that's one that, like, if it were on cable, I'd probably just yeah. have it on. Because it's an interesting movie to kind of watch and go, why are they doing that? Right. Why is Famke Jansen why is she making these choices? <laughs> why
1: is she having an
0: orgasm Well, All the time, like, like, like all just the time. shooting
1: a gun. It's like, oh, God, take we, it easy. We
0: get it. We get it. Yep, you're a,
1: you're a weirdo. Jesus. Like, yeah, just born a few years too early to be a suicide girl.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's inter- It's got a lot of interesting things happening in it that are... Sort of like, huh, why is Sean Bean do- so mad about this? Oh, his parents were, like, you know, betrayed by the British at the end of World War II. Yeah, his reasoning
1: was really weird, like, World War Two. Yeah, that's a long... What so I
0: guess it you know 90s, but that does put him at like 50 years old. Yeah,
1: he would have. You know, he even says like you know they just assumed MI6 just assumed I wouldn't remember. It's like yeah, they were right to assume you would have been a baby at most. At like, most a baby. You,
0: Sean Bean isn't 50 in this movie. No, no, he Not looks like close. he's like 37. Yeah,
1: like looks good by the way, even with the with the scar.
0: Oh, yeah, I I still would. I guess my final thought is that Pierce Brosnan is a good Bond because he has a hairy chest. Hairy
1: chest also just, like, looks the part. I feel like Mm -hmm. if you were to describe James Bond to a sketch artist who had never seen any of these movies, he would arrive at somebody who kind of looks like Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Yeah. Just like... Handsome, dashing debonair, good head of hair. Great uh, head of hair. Just like standard handsome British guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was a really good choice and uh, well done, Broccoli family or
0: whoever actually made that decision. But yeah. Oh, actually, the Broccoli's wanted uh, Timothy Dalton to continue and oh. the studio was like, no.
1: No. So the studio, MGM made uh, the right call For once. For once. Um, you know, they've uh, between Brosnan and Daniel Craig, they've done pretty good with the last couple of guys. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see in the next couple of years who they who they pick next cuz god knows this thing's just going to keep going till the heat death of the fucking universe. Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, hopefully they'll they won't be grim dark. Hopefully not. Yeah, I don't you know, like I don't need the 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 level of silliness that is in something like Golden Eye. Can't just lighten the fuck up, please.
1: I I suspect they'll probably try to do something a little lighter. I guess my final thought is, like, I kind of don't care just because, like, I don't care about James Bond enough to have a strong opinion. That's true. It doesn't
0: have any bearing on my life,
1: really. Not a great attitude to have when you're doing a podcast about it. But, like, you know, some of the, like I said at the beginning, some of the movies... Are fine. Some are not great. And generally they just kinda amble along. Yeah. Every few years you get one and it's like, yeah, that was a, a movie.
0: Yeah, I think this one kind of suffers from and this is not Sean Bean's fault at all, but it suffers from kind of a villain problem where Famka Jansen is beyond she is silly and grating. Yeah. Cause she's just yelling and ugh yeah. all the time, and it's weird and upsetting. And Sean Bean isn't really around that much. He disappears uh, for most of the movie. For most of the movie, and he turns up and is like, okay, and I can see what they're trying to get at with yeah. him, but it just doesn't translate all that well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it definitely needed a stronger villain, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of times these movies don't have necessarily the best The best villains.
0: villains. And it's, uh, I, I hate that, I'm saying that Sean Bean isn't a great villain because it is I like that they tried to make it personal, like that this villain has like a personal grudge and sure. like oh, a clear motivation that's cool that isn't just money, but it just doesn't quite it doesn't fully work for me
1: I mean it's a similar problem to Skyfall with um
0: Oh, Javier Bardem. Yeah, I mean that's the. It's the same. It's
1: basically the the exact exact same same thing, (laughs) Uh, and it kind of doesn't work there. Like Javier Bardem is just chewing the scenery and Mm. and doing his best Anton Chigurh again.
0: But like not. But like a bad one. I don't know. Like gay Anton.
1: Well, there's queer coded. Yeah, there is some some. It's not. I guess kind of problematic stuff there. But like even then, you know, you get somebody like him, and it's still. Kind of doesn't work, and then mm-hmm. subsequent films had like they brought Blofeld back with uh, Christopher Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz, and then they Rami didn't. Malek. Didn't
0: they have Andrew Scott as as someone? I thought that was uh, Sherlock. I mean he he is Moriarty in Sherlock, but he is some kind of villain in oh. in one of the Bonds. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: but yeah, like. They never really get a good villain. I'd like them to take a chance. Like, I get that you always got to have a face scar. Like, that's a thing with all the Bond villains. <laughs> but, like, branch out a bit. Like, try something different for once. Not just some
0: guy with some grudge. I mean, th- they're also, though, like, it's MI6. Who wouldn't have a grudge? Like, I too. Like, I don't know. You could have lots of really compelling villains and grudges. And they just kind of keep whiffing, I feel yeah. like. Mads Mickelson is a good villain.
1: Yeah, he was a solid villain. Again, a, a facial scar. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was pretty solid. Like, they get some good actors, but, like, the villains themselves are just never all that compelling. Yeah. And even in this one, like, Sean Bean kind of was another one of those villains with some good points. Yeah. Where at least he was just like, basically, you know, I just want to wipe out the uh, financial markets and the stock mm-hmm. market and credit and criminal records. Yeah. And, just start everything from scratch. It's like ah, that sounds kind of that nice. sounds fine. That's but, just fight. Club. Uh,
0: the thing is, though, like it, the movie does not make clear what the actual stakes are. Yeah. Where, like, okay, so they demonstrate the GoldenEye weapon against the Russian base, yep. but all the people in there died before it got hit. Right. Like, okay. You know, the, the movie doesn't explicitly go like, oh my gosh, if the Golden Eye is used against a major city, this many people will die because right. of car accidents, because the traffic lights go out, because the airplanes stop working, right. like, you know, they crash into... Buildings or runways or airports or whatever. People in hospitals die because, you know, the the vital machine doesn't <laughs> keep it. The vital them alive. machine. <laughs> Look, Here's my sister's a doctor, not me.
1: You just plug it in, uh, the person into the life <laughs> machine and they keep going.
0: That's that's how the hospital works. I'd like to announce the end of this podcast and my divorce from, from Steve. Ladies. <laughs> Shit uh yeah no but like no one at any point ever actually says that you're a blockbuster movie you have to like spell things out and maybe like ratchet up the tension a bit
1: i think it probably would have made more sense for them to have struck like a small town in siberia or something right to show like oh on a small scale here's what it'll do imagine if this was a you know london Mm -hmm. uh because like yeah it's just a a satellite base and it's just like Okay, so and again, all the people
0: were dead before because you shot them.
1: So it is a little unclear. As far as Sean Bean describes it, it sounds more like it's just going to fuck up some, you know, computers. Yeah. Which, like, all right, well, that sounds
0: fine. That'll be
1: a mess, but it, aside from some car crashes, that doesn't sound like it'll actually cause like significant mass deaths. Just sounds like a hassle. You're going to cause a hassle, yeah. All okay. right, that, I wish you wouldn't, you know it's going to fuck up the commute that evening, hmm but uh, yeah
0: the the tube is electric, yeah right so, that so could be a that's uh yeah
1: but yeah, they could have maybe either had a bigger calamity or uh, just I, sold I, it better yeah
0: i needed I needed Bond to be like, you'll kill a million people or whatever right. something, please yeah
1: yeah, the whole city of London or
0: whatever the, the radiation will affect. Oh yeah, yeah it whatever. Could have been
1: unintended radiation. Yeah, or something. something. Three point six runcheon.
0: Not great. Not terrible. Oh, uh,
1: and uh, everyone watched Chernobyl. Yeah, that's in conclusion. Just watch the show Chernobyl. It's great.
0: <laughs> Rewatch it as we do every few every months. every few months. <laughs> well,
1: uh, just a truly weird comfort show.
0: You know, it was like rewatching Contagion. Yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah.
1: yeah. Imagine if people acted. Uh with any sense of duty or rationality. Or altruism
0: even. Yeah. Anyway. God forbid. Anyway, put golden eye on if yeah. you if you got nothing else to do. Folding some laundry. Yeah. It's this is actually a good fold folding and I. I said fold an eye. Okay, adios everyone.
1: Thanks for listening.